What's going on, people? I hope y'all having a great day. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Man, welcome to Top 5, the podcast by Dennis Botang. I'm so excited, y'all, because this is the first episode of Top 5. Man, this is something that I've been talking about for a while, and now, you know, we're making it happen. Um, when I say we, I got a strong support system. You know what I'm saying? We get things done. So, welcome to Top 5, Top 5, Top 5. And uh, one thing, man, that is amazing about the first show today is that I got a special guest, my guy, my bro, AG, known as Aaron Green by his employees, (laughs) and CEO (laughs) of Struggle Made Me. What's going on, AG? How you doing, brother? Hey, man, I'm blessed, brother. How you doing, man? I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. Hey man, it's nothing but a blessing, man. Um, I, I I don't. Hey man, without God, you know what I'm saying. I, I'm nothing, you know what I'm saying. So I'm glad that that we were able to make this happen, man. It's dope, uh, and I'm excited, man. But thank you so much, bro, for the time that you took out of your day to be my first guest, man, of the show top five. With man, Dennis you, you know how we rock, brother. Yeah, you hey. know how we rock, man. Anything, anytime you need me. I'm one call away. I'll drop everything for it, man. I'm proud of you, man. Real talk. Hey, same goes to you, man. And and for the listeners, man, y'all listening, and uh, I'm sure y'all have already picked up, man. Me and AG have a, a good relationship, man. Uh, I called him up. I said, yo, I got a podcast, and I want to have you on. Say no more. He was like, yo, let's do it, man. Let's work. You know, and that's the type of attitude that we've always had. Um, when it comes to work and anything that has to do with our hustles, man. So, like I said, man, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out, man. So, you already know what's going to go down today. But for the listeners, you know, they, they, some of them, I'm sure a lot of them know you. You know what I'm saying? But for the people who don't know you, you know, we're we going to uh, help them out. You know, uh, like I said, y'all, I introduced them as AG, Aaron Green. Uh, his movement is struggle made me. Um, this guy right here, man, selfless, uh, uh, hustler, man, hardworking, dope work ethic, man, came from the mud, man, and, and just making changes and inspiring people. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, man, I think we met back at a football game uh, back back in Indy, man. Uh, I think you came up Definitely. to Pike, and then. Uh, mm-hmm. We linked up again at Doc's pool party, you know, the, the yep. famous pool parties. Shout out to Doc. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, man, we just kind of kept in touch over time, man, through social media and everything. So I know with your story, man, you went to Miles College and then mm-hmm. uh, you transferred to UAB, uh, played right. football out there, D1 program, uh, did your thing, uh, graduated, uh and got a shot to try out with the Colts, um, and some uh, was it some arena arena teams uh, and a yeah. CFL. Yep, yeah, I, I signed with an arena team. Uh-huh. Um, you know, shortly after my my workout with the Colts, um, but you know, God had another plan for me, so uh, yeah. we, you know, took it in a different route. But exactly. Definitely had the opportunity. Exactly. 
Exactly. And and I think that's also around the same time where you started your brand and your movement. I feel like, honestly, I'm not going to say you started your brand or your movement, but you put a brand to what you was already about. Let's put it that Definitely. way. Uh, Definitely. And, and, and that's when you started Struggle Made Me. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of went through the timeline a little bit. You know, your struggle made me. I've been there when you went to go inspire kids and everything. Time went on. And, and you became a father, and, and I feel like that added more fuel to your fire, man. Most um, definitely. Most definitely. Beautiful, man. So, you know, I'm not even going to do all the talking because <laughs> I've been talking <laughs> a little too much. But, man, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story, man. Share with the people, man, like with your pops, man, your 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 family life, man, and all that, man. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah. share, share with us, man. I got you, man. So I'm Aaron Green. Indianapolis native. I mean, that's my home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been around a little bit. Went, went to school down in Alabama. Um, so I, I, I know a few, a few people in a couple places. Um, like I said, I was born here. Uh, I was born, you know, m- mother and father, you know, in place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had a good, had a good upbringing, no lie. Uh-huh. Uh, my mom bust her butt. Uh, when I turned five, uh, my dad was a street guy, you uh-huh. know, well-known in the streets of Indianapolis. Um, Hillside Projects, you know, everybody knows Marcus Green, MG. Yeah. Uh, when I turned five, he went to prison. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, at five years old, you really don't you don't really understand or you're not able to grasp what prison is. Yeah. And so, to me, it was like a vacation, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, and it just, at that point, that's when kind of life altered a little bit, but, you know, I still had my mom busting her butt to do her thing. Um, so, you know, moving forward, dad was in prison. I used to go to the visits. Man, I, it's crazy because I still got these vivid memories of these visits, traveling an hour and a half to see him for 30 minutes wow. and eat nothing but snacks and laughs. You know what I mean? Wow. Great memories, great memories. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at that time when I turned five, uh, I thought I think it was my mom who kind of got in contact with my granddad and was like, hey, um, I want to get him in a sport. I want him to play football. Yeah. And I, I and to me, every time I go back, I feel like you know when she did that, it was it was maybe the greatest decision she ever made for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of what you know the sport did for me. So, um, played football my first year, man. And it's, it's crazy you said Doc because we were playing flag football when I was five years old, uh-huh. and Doc's over aggressive self tackled. <laughs> My first game. And so I went back and told my mom I didn't want to play. Yeah. And so I quit. I quit. Yeah. And so she let me – I sat out for probably the rest of the year. And then the next season came, and she was like, nope, it's time. You're going back. You got to get it. You know it. what I mean? And, 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 and for something like at six or seven, that's when I started liking it. I was still scared, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, because I was, a, I was a bigger kid but didn't really know – you know, enough about the game. Yeah. And I also, I mean, I, 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 it was something I could talk about. So, you know, progressing into, you know, uh, Little League, I started getting better. I started having more confidence. Um, and, my, you know, my granddad showed me all the ropes. Uh, he broke some records at Butler. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, for the most part, everybody in my family played. Yeah. And so going to middle school, got to middle school, and I was the big dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, I was already really good. And I had the confidence to the ceiling. So it was mm-hmm. like, okay, let's see where this can take me. I've never been extremely smart, you know. Mm-hmm. But 
one thing my mom always said was, look, if you think you're going to play football, you got to get that classroom right. Exactly. And so that's what kind of, you know, that's what kind of elevated me to another level as far as, you know, in the classroom. I still struggle, just like, you know, most kids. But from a single parent home, you know, we struggled. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, um, so I, I went to a, a bunch of schools, but I went to Christmas Addicts Middle School, mm-hmm. um, played middle linebacker. Um, and man, like when I tell you I was balling, man, it was crazy because my dad, when I was still going on those visits, my dad would be like, well, I done heard about you. I'm like, man, how you hear about me all the way in, <laughs> in Wabash, Indiana? Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And so, you know, just, just giving him something to look forward to pushed me too because, man, when I, even though he was in prison, man, he was the best father he could be. You know, through those circumstances, we always had Christmas presents for him. Yeah, always had birthday cards. You know, you know, just you know, just to just to give you that aspect. But you so know, he, in middle school, in a, in a way, let's say, like he didn't let the, the bars get in the way of you know having a relationship with you. Exactly, man. That's, exactly, that's powerful. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and you know, he didn't he didn't let that you know determine whether he was going to be in our lives or not. It was it was. I mean, it was crazy, man. We'd go to these visits, man, and he would come out of the back, and he'd just smile, man. And it, it was crazy because I can remember it like it was yesterday. And he'd tell some of the guys, like, yeah, that's my son. Don't make me get him on you. You know, because <laughs> I was big. Yeah. And, you know, it was a good feeling, man, him bragging like that. And I know he would brag when I wasn't there. So mm-hmm. it just it, it pushed me a lot of the way. And, and not going to lie, man, in middle school, I started to understand what prison was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what what the dynamic of it was. And I, I had some resentments against my dad, man. It was one point where I didn't speak to him at all just because I was mad at it. Yeah. And it was selfish on my part, but I was young. You know, yeah, I had yeah, just understood yeah, that, man, we don't really know when he's coming home because he's telling us, look, I'll be home soon. Mm-hmm. But soon turned into a year. That year turned into three years. Mm. That three years turned into five years. You know what I mean? So it's like, stop telling me you're coming home yeah. if you really don't know. Exactly. And, you know, and I guess for him, it was just him trying to really, you know, stay motivated and not let those gates get him down. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, in middle school, uh, played, man, and uh, Cathedral High School came to one of my middle school games. And, it was, and this is probably one of the greatest blessings I've ever had also. Mm-hmm. Cathedral's a private school up in Indianapolis, one of the most elite private schools in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, yeah. And, they, and they talked to my granddad, man, and it was like... There was no question. They said, yeah, he's coming. Yeah. Because it was like, well, our situation, let's send him somewhere where, you know, he can learn. He can grasp different cultures. You know, mm-hmm. I grew, man. I grew. It was crazy how much I grew. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just with Cathedral's culture, man, and it's such a diverse school, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you, you got people from everywhere. Yeah, I know about Cathedral, so I definitely understand. So, you know, so up to this point, you you've – your mother puts you in the football. You're still keeping a relationship with your father. Uh, you're grasping what prison is, and you're kind of going through like, damn, I'm not understanding why my father was in there or, or when right. he's coming home. And now, you know, you still have, you know, your father still has a relationship with you while your grandfather is still that, you know, standing. And right. him and your mother are guiding you and and, and opening uh your eyes to other opportunities for you to Most pretty much take advantage of that gift in football. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. when you get to cathedral, man, what are you thinking? What is, what is your outlook on life and, and football? Man, honestly, it was a culture shock. You mm-hmm. know, you're taking a kid from the hood 
who really, I mean, we've been in poverty-stricken areas for the majority of my life, even though my mom, you know, it, it never was evident because my mom busted her butt two and three jobs raising three kids by herself. Hmm. And so we, I get there, and, man, everybody got money. You yeah. know what I mean? It's most money I've, I've, I've ever seen. And, you know, it took me kind of to, to start playing football to see, like, okay, just because we're different colors. And it wasn't a race thing. It was just like these guys grasped me as soon as I got there. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, okay, we're no longer black and white. We're all the same color. We're all brothers. Yeah. And we're all here in the summertime grinding, and we're going to keep each other up. And and that's when I kind of started to realize, like, okay, this is, a, this is my family. You know what I mean? It was a good feeling. Exactly. Even though I already had had, you know, my friends who went to the Arlingtons, uh, the, uh, the Tex, the Northwest, these guys are some people that, you know, I'm going to see every day, and we're going to grind together with the sport that we've fallen in love with daily. Mm-hmm. So... You know, we progressed into freshman football was great. You know, I mean, some good friends, man. Uh, we get to the sophomore year, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get a lot better. I'm playing varsity. Mm. Uh, my name is ringing around, you know what I mean? People are starting to notice me a little more. Um, and, you know, it's even it's even better because my dad is like, okay, now my lawyer is really saying that I'm about to get out. And, unfortunately, you know, with me hearing it so many times, I kind of blew it off a little bit. No lie, like, oh, man, all right. Yeah, there it goes yeah. again. You know, another year, he's saying. And then my junior year came. And mm-hmm. so my junior year came, and I remember I was working a job. I think I, I can't remember. I think I was working at a clothing store. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, my mom, uh, had told me to, you know, come home or something. And uh, she was like, hey, you dad's you, getting out. And you know I blew it off anyway. Yeah, man. When I tell you, man, I saw that man's face <laughs> in that living room. Man, I lost it, bro. I bet. I man. lost it, man. Tears, man. It was like, man, I don't know, man. It just made me feel like because everybody at Cathedral, they had parents, two parent homes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dad was, that was there. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, now I get to brag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pops and, home now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's what um, and that's it. He was like, man, I get to brag about having a two parent home, and that's that's my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So my sophomore, this is how my life went after sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Dad turns into his best friend, no lie, like coming to get me every weekend, riding around, like you know what I mean. People are excited to see him. It was all the love that he got from you know people was amazing to just be there every step. You know what I mean, just to see you know his impact. Yeah, and, you know. Uh, it was crazy, man. Like, he really came and got us every weekend. So, he started coming to games my sophomore season, some JV, some varsity. Um, and then my junior year comes. And my junior year, you know, everything's still going good. I, I, the job that I was working, I'm still working it. So, one day, my grandmother came and got me. Um, and actually, even before then, let me, let me back up a little bit. So, mm-hmm. the grandfather that we were talking about before, he's actually my great-grandfather, Donald Kelly. Uh-huh. He had got, um, man, when I tell you he's never missed a football game of mine, man, he used to come. He had pneumonia one time and traveled all the way to, like, Columbus East wow. in negative-degree weather. Wow. He used to sit on the back of his PT Cruiser and watch the games, man. And he always give me something, give me some money after the game, like, good game, I'm proud of you. Wow. He ended up getting sick the beginning of my junior year, and, and it was real bad. Mm. And, uh, you know, the family was kind of scared to tell me because, like, when I say we were best friends, like mm-hmm. that was my that was my everything. Yeah, and he died. Mm. 
And I remember it's so crazy, man, because he died on my dad's birthday. Oh, wow. And so my dad, yeah, so my dad called, and I'm crying and everything. He's like, you okay? You going to be all right? I said, yeah. And I think I, I, I remember not being able to tell him happy birthday because of how emotional I was. Man, that's, yeah. And so, you know, so I was a little lost. I was a little lost. But, you know, my dad being there, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I have not a replacement, but a replacement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guy who stepped in, you know, he's he's up in heaven. He's looking after me. Now I got, you know, my dad to kind of lean on. Exactly. And so, you know, uh, junior year going through it, um, three months after that, I got a phone call. I was at work. My grandmother came to get me, mm-hmm. and she dropped me off at home. And uh, my mom called and was like, hey, and you can hear it in her voice, something was wrong. She was like, what's your sister's number? Because my older sister... Mm-hmm. Um, is my dad's daughter. And I'm like, okay, why are you calling her? Yeah. You know, that's not your child. But, you know, so I gave her the number. And, uh, you know, she called back and was like, uh, where are you? I'm like, I'm at home. And I hung up. And so I heard these cars pulling up, and it's my grandmother pulling back up. So I'm thinking, yeah, maybe I left some in the car. Yeah. And I see my mom behind her, and then I see two uncles. Mm. So... Uh, I'm, I'm looking at him like, what's going yeah, on? What's going on? And, the whole family all together. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's up? And my mom has tears in her eyes. Mm. And so she was like, hey, your your, your dad's been shot. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, for real? He's like, all right, let's go. Like, yeah. where, where's he at? And, you know, I'm from, we, we grew up in the project, so you hear about people getting shot and all going the to the hospital yeah. and being okay. Yeah. And, and that was my first time, like, he all right, man. He done been through enough. You know, he done been shot before. Let's go ahead and go to the hospital and see. Yeah. And she was like, nah, there ain't no hospital, it's bad. Man. And I'm like, how bad? You know what I mean? Like, how how bad could it be? You know what I mean? You're not about to tell me it's worse than what I'm thinking. Yeah. And so she ended up telling me that he died. Hmm. He got killed. And so my uncle tried to grab me, and I just remember being so aggressive. You know what I mean? Because I didn't believe it. You couldn't. You can't tell yeah. me Yeah, like my man just got out. Yeah, you know what I mean? This is my guy. He can't die. There's no way. Yeah. And so she 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 told me and I was numb. I like I I, I went numb, didn't no emotions really. Hmm. And so we got she we got in the car and she said, Hey, I'm gonna take you to my friend's house because I don't want you to go up there. And I said, Mama, take me to my dad. Hmm. So when we got to the crime scene, you see the yellow tape, you see everybody out there crying. Uh and so I'm walking through this little field that it takes to get to the apartments. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at his red truck with 14 bullet holes. And it's it's crashed into this brick wall. And I'm like, man, you know what I mean? My heart's coming out of my chest at this point. And so we get closer. Uh, one of his best friends tried to grab me, give me a hug. And I, I, you know, I pushed him off me. I don't want nobody to touch me. Yeah. And so there's people out there screaming, man. And, and, and when I got to the yellow tape, I saw my dad's body on the ground still in blood. Man. And that's when that's when I lost it. You know, I, I lost it. I, I couldn't hold it in no more because it had gotten so real for me. Yeah. That I had to, I crumbled. I crumbled. And so I went around the apartments, you know, asking, like, what's what happened? And uh, they told me the story about a, uh, and I'm 17. Yeah. So they told me the story about a 17-year-old kid got into an altercation with my dad, um, not knowing what it's about. And he went upstairs and got a gun, him and his brother. Hmm. His brother was shooting in the front window. 
that's where all the bullet holes in the car. And then the guy actually came on the side of the truck with a shotgun and shot my dad in the head. Wow. Yep. And so man. at that point, it's like, man, like I've never been through like a murder. Yeah. So this is a whole nother feeling. Like that's my granddad close. just died. Yeah. But this is somebody taking my my everything from me. Like somebody just took it from me. Yeah. And so uh, after that, man, went to the funeral. And, man, it's crazy, man. This is when I really realized, like, what Cathedral did for me because I'm at the funeral. The funeral's in the middle of the hood. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's crazy out there. And I turned around, man, no lie, and the whole Cathedral football team was there. That's support right there. And you know, and, and that's when I realized, like these guys are deals. This is this is deeper than football. This is this is family. Mm. I got these boys back through whatever because when I needed somebody the most, I turned around and them boys had me. Yeah, and, and some of my other friends. You know, what I mean, I'll never forget that because man, that was a low point in my life where they were. Yeah. So I sat at home for a couple months because these went ahead and dismissed me for the rest of the semester, and I was just gonna pass. Yeah, I sat at home for like two months, man. And when I tell you I went crazy, like I was losing it, but I was crying myself to sleep. I was angry. Uh, hmm. The guy had got out of jail. He he didn't even go to jail. He was in jail for a week and got wow. out. Wow. And so, you know, I had two options in my hand. Was I going to go kill this guy yeah. to, to, to revenge my father? Or, or what, was I going to move forward and, you know, turn it into some motivation? Yeah. And really, and kill him like that. Revenge, yeah. you know, success being the best revenge. Exactly, not being and a me, and me, Exactly. And so, man, one day, no lie, man, I woke up, man, and it was like, God hit me, bro. I stopped crying, wiped my eyes. I said, Mama, take me to school. Hmm. She was like, what? I was like, I, I need to go to school. I want to finish the semester. And I went to school, man. It was crazy because nobody thought I was coming back. I went to school, I was getting hugs, gifts, everything, you know, people just being there for me. Yeah. And it just felt better with me being in a different situation. Um, but my grades dropped tremendously, bro. Like yeah. uh, it was like I didn't have my senior year going into my senior year when it was really time for me to um, you know, go to get ready for college. Yeah. I didn't have the grades, you know what I mean? My football season was amazing. I was all state top fifty, yeah. all, all this, all that. And the coaches was coming and looking for me, but my grades were so yeah. bad, I wasn't even in football. I mean, I wasn't even in academic mindset, so mm. it was hard for me to want to be there and, and 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 you know listen to teachers talk. And I'm just thinking about getting releasing the stress. Exactly. So you know, football. the books ain't really you know a release or a gateway for you to release your frustrations, but the, right, you know, being able to get on get on the field, hit some people, getting that workout, you know, getting that stuff out. Yeah, man, I that that's man. <laughs> that's yeah, deep, man. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. That's and deep. so then we get we get to the end of my senior season and uh you know, I'm at Butler I, I, Butler came and saw me and uh some other school Cincinnati up there and they were looking at how I measured out and I couldn't make it into any D one program. Hmm. Like with my grades. And so I got into a D2, you know, with a phone call from one of my mentors. Yeah. Um, and so, and it was in Alabama. And, you know, at first I'm scared. I'm like, no, I don't want to go all the way to Alabama. But yeah. then I start thinking like, man, what what happens if I got to see this guy who killed my dad here? Mm. You know what I mean? What, what am I, what's going to be my reaction to him? Mm. I got to go. Yeah. So I signed on the dotted line with him and, and took my butt to Alabama. Yeah. 
Um, and man, it was the best thing that ever happened to me going to that D2, the Black College, Miles College. Mm-hmm. Um, met some great guys there, man. Really, mm-hmm. really met some really good people there. So we get there. I played my freshman year start. Man, feeling good, man. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, man, I, but I always in the back of my mind wanted to play D1. Mm-hmm. So I played that first season. Then the second season came. Starting again, I'm playing the uh, offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm moving in the guard some. And I had a buddy, uh, his name is Maurice Snow. Mm-hmm. He played the whole season, man. This is one of the most athletic guys I've ever met. I didn't even know why he was at Miles. That's how athletic he was. 6'4", wow. run a 4'5", uh, bench 225, probably 50 times. Um, yeah. So we finished that season, nice. man. And Snow, you know, we were all talking to each other. I think we were home on, like, Christmas break, man. And, and Snow, before Snow went home on Christmas break, he was like, because I kept talking about transferring. Mm-hmm. Snow was like, bro, honestly, Miles might not be the place for you, bro. You good enough to go D1. Mm-hmm. Go, go D1 if you can. Yeah. So I come home on Christmas break, man, um, and, you know, everything was all good and smooth, and I got a phone call from Alabama. And uh, they basically said that Snow passed away in his sleep. Man, another guy gone. Um, yep, another guy gone, man. And, and it hurt, man, because, you know, I remember his last words to me. And I started, I got, after I heard it, bro, I got on the computer Looked up UAB because I knew it was close, mm-hmm. and I knew that they needed some uh, defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And I made some phone calls, man, and put everything in. And it happened to be a guy from Indiana that was there mm-hmm. who knew somebody here. Yeah. And he got me in. He got me in that next semester. And the only thing that you know kept me from miles was just listening to Snow's voice in my head, like, "Man, go to the next, go to another school, man." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to be here. Go yeah. do what you want to do. So I get to UAB. I'm a walk-on. For anybody who doesn't know what a walk-on is, basically it's somebody who's not a scholarship player. Who I mean, most times they don't know. You walk on means that, you know, you're walking on a fast-forward spot. Yeah. You don't get as many reps. It's it's almost like paying. you're paying the school. You're paying for school, but you're also paying to play on a football team. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's Definitely. that's crazy. Uh, so, father passes. You graduate high school, Miles College. Snow dies, and Snow's voice is is pretty much a motivation and a push for you. And, and right. he's been added on to the list of angels in your life. Um, Definitely. Now you get to UAB, um, the D1 program, uh, you, you get on the team. Let me ask you, was you intimidated at all by the talent? Uh, was it different? Um, how was your whole outlook when you stepped like, okay, man, now I'm at D1 now. You know right. what I'm saying? What are right. my next goals? So what was your mindset, right. man? Man, honestly, you know, I, I went in there scared. I ain't gonna lie. There was mm-hmm. a lot of big guys there. Um, not even just big guys, you know, it was guys that really were really good. Yeah. But it made me realize how really good I was. Mm. You know what I mean? I, 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 if I was a step behind, I was only a step. I wasn't, like, the farthest guy. And then it started to really pull, push me in. It, it started to make me realize how smart I was because at Miles, um, I know I told you I struggled in high school, but I got nothing but 3.0s at Miles. Mm, nice. Didn't have under, yeah. Had to and I don't know what kicked in and something snuck. Yeah. Yeah. And so – I got to UAB, I'm like, oh, man, I might struggle with school. I was still getting 3.0s. 
you know, I was a step or two behind the guys, but that was just because of learning. I just had to learn. Um, and so that whole year I sat out because uh, with the transfer rules, yeah. um, sat out. Um, and then the next year was my year to play, my junior year. Um, and we got a new coach, and we needed an offensive lineman. And that was my first love. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sitting there like, okay, this is my chance. So I switched from offensive line to defensive line. When I got to the O-line, the O-line coach didn't know that I had played previously O-line. Mm-hmm. So I'm kick-stepping and doing my J's like, man, you look really good. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, oh, I've played before. You know, and I was all-state top ten, all of that, all of that yeah. at this position. Check the accolades. So, right. You know what I mean? So <laughs> uh, spring ba- we play spring ball, and the day before spring break comes, I get a phone call from home. And... uh it's one of my good friends, Wavy. He said, uh, bro, have you been on Twitter? I'm like, nah, what's going on? And they said, uh, he said, man, check and see if the Mitch they're talking about is your friend Mitch. And I'm man. like, what did they say? And they said, he got killed. Man. And so I get on Twitter, and I'm looking, and they're saying it's the Mitch, I'm one of my good friends, but I'm like, nah, ain't no way. So I'm calling man. Mitch's phone. And Mitch ain't answer. The phone's off. Yeah. And then I called one of my other good friends and asked him. And he said, "Yeah, man, Mitch is dead." I remember that day, man. I remember yeah. when Mitch died. Sad yeah. day. And I, I and I lost it, man, because this is a guy that our relationship was so good. You know, he used to cut my hair. So mm-hmm. one time, Mitch, you know, one time Mitch called me and said, "Man, I can't cut your hair, man. Somebody stole my clippers." Mm. And, and he was in barbering school. And, you know, I used to keep it motivated about staying in Barbara school. You know, there's more out here. Yeah. And so I grabbed some old clippers that I had. You know, I wasn't cutting hair. I just had them. Yeah. And I took them over to him. And I said, bro, this is for me to you just so you can stay focused on Barbara school. It ain't much. Yeah. This is what I got. And I gave him the clippers, man. Mitch, man, almost cried that day, man, when I gave him the clippers. Man. And, you know, it's out of love. Yeah. That was my brother. You know yeah. what I mean? And, Mitch, Mitch was and when a he died, guy. Good guy, man. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. And so when he died, it just it hurt so bad, man, because it's like, man, I, we, just, we talk about all these dreams about if I was to make it to the NFL, he just wants to come cut the whole team's hair. Mm. And my junior season, you know, after that happened, my junior season came, and this is, I'm, I'm still a walk-on. I haven't got no, uh, a scholarship yet. And, you know, I'm playing, and I'm playing a lot, bro. I'm playing against some of the best in the world, you know yeah. what I mean? So these are college guys going into the NFL. Yeah. And so uh, I was playing, man, and um, it was like uh, the Ohio State game. And this game meant the most to me because it was the closest game to Indiana. So I had 40 family members there. Yeah. And uh, I tore some um, tissue off my knee during the game. Mm-hmm. At the end, it was like the third quarter, and they were like, oh, you can't play anymore. So the next play, the person who went out to, you know, replace me, he ended up getting hurt with a worse injury. Oh, wow. I threw it up, and I'm like, hey, man, my mom and my grandma are here. I'm about to play. Exactly. I went back out there with a torn knee and everything, and I finished the game. And I finished the season, you know, having those knee issues, and then I got surgery after the season. Yeah. And so after I went through rehab and everything, my senior year comes, and 
I'm still waiting on a scholarship because you know I, I I put it out there. I put I put everything on the line, mm-hmm. and uh, at first coach wasn't gonna give me a scholarship, and it hurt me, man. And I had called Ball State, and mm-hmm. they were like they looked at my film for five minutes and said, "Hey, we got a scholarship over here for you if he don't." But I didn't want to leave everything that I had already built there. Exactly. And so I went back in there and you know told coach, and he was like, "Man, you know you you deserve it, man. We got a scholarship for you," and that was one of my my many milestones is that man, I walked onto a D one program and, and right. actually earned a scholarship. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, got it right after mud, just like everything else. Because coming up, man, everything that I've ever done, man, somebody has told me I couldn't do it, wasn't smart enough, wasn't able to, and I've always succeeded. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so this was just another one of those moments. And so I went through rehab, played my senior season, man, my knee was killing me the whole season. Um, I was struggling. I was struggling bad. It was popping out of place sometimes. Um, and then the seventh game of the season came, and it just went completely out on me. Hmm. And I was done. I was done for the season. My heart was broke. But I went to therapy every single day and then went to the weight room and, and you know, tried to build it back up enough to see if I could come back the season. Yeah. The season didn't work out. Um, and then the end of the season, I got a call from my agent. He was like, man, you look good, man. Uh, do you, what are you thinking about your plans? I was like, man, honestly, I'm hurt. I don't know what's next for me. And he was like, man, I believe in you. Uh, and contacted some people with the coach and got me, uh, you know, the local trial. Yeah. I, ball, I balled out in the local trial, man. Uh, and I had graduated school, so I was, I mean, I was, I, I did something that, you know, my mom wasn't able to do because she had us. My dad didn't do. Mm-hmm. And so that was huge for me. First one. And so, right, yep. And so, you know, I, I, I got in the coach workout. I was I, I, I did two positions. They were impressed, but at the end of the workout, my knee went out mm-hmm. again. And I was trying to hide it. And coach asked me, like, hey, uh, you still hurt? And I was like, honestly, sir, yes. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw an open door, and I took the opportunity and said, man, I always respect you for that. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and throughout this whole process, man, I was going to speak at schools yep. um, and, and being a motivational speaker. I was getting banged sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it, all the motivation was, and that's where struggle made me come, came from, is because everything that I had been up, been through mm-hmm. had always pushed me to another level. You know what I mean? It never, it, it had me down for a second, but in the grand scheme of things, every struggle that I've ever been through has made me who I am today. Yeah, has made me as strong as I am today. Yeah, and so that's when I, when I go to these schools and talk to these kids or uplift some of these parents that I work with, it's all about understanding that struggles do not last long. But you got to take as much out of the struggle that's positive as you can, and and incorporate that into life. Exactly, exactly, man. And that's one thing too, man. Just being uh, around you um, and, you know, seeing the things that you went through, especially when you came back from UAB, you know, just going to workouts with you and everything, man. I was like, yo, this dude is, his his push is different, man. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, even like you taking the time out, and I respect you for this too, and I appreciate you, you took the time out to speak to my younger brother, um, you know, about keeping his grades up in football and everything. And, um, I mean, I, I feel like you being in the city of Indianapolis 
is so good for these young men and women, uh, whether they're athletes or not, because there's so many people out here who, you know, parents are either locked down or they don't have a father figure in their lives or they they feel like they're all type of odds are against them. And it's like, how do I battle this? You know, right. like. Right. I have somebody like, you know what I'm saying? They probably thinking like I have this person in my family and they had the same thing happen to them and they didn't come exactly. through. They didn't go through it. You know what I'm saying? They didn't come out a winner. So that means I ain't going to come out a winner either. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's almost exactly. like what's built into them is like, you have no option when this happens. Mm-hmm. To you, the only thing that's going to happen is you failing, you know, you're exactly. going to fail, but your story, man, just shows that no matter what, man, uh, hits you, you hit right back, man. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And that's what it's about, man. It's all about reacting. You know what I mean? How you want to react when life smacks you. Exactly. And you're you're down. You got to get back up. Exactly. Exactly. So now, you know what I'm saying, going through all these things and being in the city of Indianapolis – you're going to schools. You're inspiring young men. Um, you were coaching as well, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. Coaching, coaching, coaching as well. Um, making struggle made me uh, an actual ongoing movement. You know what I mean? So, so mm-hmm. where does struggle made me going right now? What What are the the plans that you have for struggle made me? Uh, so right now, struggle made me is. It's taking. It's actually taking me to a different spot. So, okay. When I first had struggle, made me it was, you know, to to get to the masses of children. Yeah. You know, to make sure that, you know, these children who have had a dad that's incarcerated or a family member that's incarcerated, you know, listen to me, and I'm going to push you to to know that you will be successful no matter what. Exactly. So now. You know, I'm transitioning. I'm getting older. I'm a father myself now. Mm-hmm. Now it's, I try to reach parents also now. And mm-hmm. so I actually work, I'm a home-based caseworker in the state of Indiana. I work with multiple families, you know, mm-hmm. building these families back up after, you know, they may have had drug addiction. They may have went to jail. Yeah. Anything. So you're so, in the community, man, ingrained right. like and deep in the community. Wow. Oh, yeah. And, and so... I try to reach these parents to let them know that, look, no matter what you're going through, you you, you have kids. Yeah. And we use we use their kids to motivate them to get back into an avenue where they understand that as long as you have motivation and you have a why, mm-hmm. you can be you can dig yourself out of the hole. Exactly. You know, because the hole's already there. If you're gonna stay in the hole and, uh, and you know, let the hole make you and sit there and rot, mm-hmm. or you're going to build yourself up out of the hole and come out a new person, stronger, yeah, and willing to do whatever it takes to be successful because it's never too late. Man, that that's, man, that's so powerful, man. So powerful. Oh, yeah. it, it, it's, um, it's inspiring, <laughs> uh, and it's a new approach, man, because a lot of times, I mean, most of the time, all you hear it's people, man, I'm trying to reach the kids. I'm trying to reach the kids. But nobody really mm-hmm. tries to reach the parents who are right. 
somewhat of that figure or that leadership uh, type of uh, that that leadership. Uh, what do you? What can I call it? Uh, uh, entity in the right. in the children's lives, man. If they're mm-hmm. if they're not all right, that may somewhat, you know, what I'm saying deviate. You know, what I'm saying the children's path in, in a in a place where may not be pretty. You know, so right. man, that's a that's a right. that's a very powerful approach, man. So as of right now, um, how many families are you working with um, on a basis? If you're you know free to say. Uh, right now, I work with about ten families a week. Okay. Um, and it's day, it's day in and day out. You know, just making sure, you know, getting them on track. We we have goal lists that we try to reach each week. Yeah. Um, you know, take small steps. Yeah. And you know, not try to put too much on their plate. Exactly. Um, until you know they're ready and they're yeah. prepared to step back out and and be a new person. And so, and so. That's what I enjoy, man. I really love seeing people, you know, have these success stories um, and, you know, let me know that what I'm doing is helping them. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, yeah. Just, just that gratitude. That's amazing, man. And and I'm sure, hey, I've seen you on Instagram and all that. Oh, is that the daughter right there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, see, <laughs> that's what's up. Her, her little mark, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up, man. I know that that you're a great father, man. I mean, I've met your family, your mother, uh, your st- your sister, your brother. I mean, oh, yeah. dude, you're you're blessed, man, and I know that you're being a blessing to others. Um and that's that's wonderful, man. Uh, and how how does it feel, man, just looking uh sometimes or just hearing from people just saying like, "Yo, man, like you have inspired me. I follow you." on social media or I see you, how you're interacting in the community, man. Yo, I mess man, with you hard <laughs> and I'm about you, yeah. man. How does that feel, man? Man, bro, it's honestly the most amazing feeling, man, because, you know, I do a lot of stuff on social media. I post all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it makes it that much better. Because I post because I'm a self-motivated person. So the stuff that I post is, Normally, stuff that I believe yeah. that I tell my that I talk to myself about because I wake up every morning with the attitude of go get it. Fire. Can't nobody take it from you, right? And so when somebody comes to me like, "Hey, man, you've inspired me, man," and I, and I get a lot of those where it's like, "Man, I know I've never told you, but I look to your page every day to get some motivation for the day." And I'm like, "Man, I'm doing what I'm I'm doing what God put me here to do." Exactly. Because I realize football. Football was honestly just a platform for me to really, you know, fulfill what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. And that's how that's how I look at it. That is just, I'm going to just keep motivating, man. I don't care if I don't ever get an accolade, but if I help one person and I never help anybody else, that's one person I've helped more than if I never tried to help anybody. Oh, brother, man, trust me. You are going to help more than one person, man, with your story oh, yeah. and your testimony, man. It's It's very touching. Uh, just to see a young man like yourself just go through so much, man, and still, still pushing and not giving up, man. Because, I mean, where we're from, we know people who've, you know, that th- mm-hmm. have given up and haven't even been through what you've been through, man. Right. Um, right. But I think, and I believe that you are there to also motivate those people, man. It's, 
It's amazing. It's amazing. So, man, uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity, man, just to tell people where they can follow you, man, and kind of see your, you know, get some of your motivational posts or videos or whatever, man. So if you want to share your social media or your website, man, please do. Oh, yeah. So uh, Instagram is Struggle Made Me All Together. Uh, Facebook is Aaron Green. It's normal. And Snapchat is uh, Struggle Made Me Also. So, you know, you're welcome to follow me, man. Get some motivation. Hit me up. Uh, whatever I can do for you, man, let me know. Uh, and yeah, man, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, all the new faces on my timeline. Man, AG. A.K.A. Aaron Green to the employees <laughs> in the world, man. Also known as the man with the movement struggle, made me, man. Thank you so much for stopping in, man, at Top 5. Brother, it's a blessing. And you know I can't let you leave without asking you, you know what I'm saying, who are your Top 5 motivators or influencers or, you know, Top 5 people or role models, man, that have kept you going in life, man. Uh, so I'm going to start off, man, number one being uh, my mother, you know what I mean, just, and I wouldn't be here, bro, you know, doing everything that she did on her own, man, all single mothers, I salute, you know what I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know, it's amazing, and to really be able to grasp what's going, how she did it, you know, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, shout out to two, Mom Dukes, man, beautiful. Yeah, most definitely, thank you, man, thank you. Number two is my grandmother. Uh, Nikki Myers, uh, she is a phenomenal woman. She she actually does, you know, similar to what I do. Um, she runs Yoga for 12-Step Recovery. Uh, she created it. Um, and, you know, just, just helping, you know, helping people. She really inspired me to, you know, do what I do. And, and it's paying off tremendously. Uh, number three, man, I got to give it up to my pops, man. Yeah. Hey man, I, I know he watching it over me, and I, I just pray that he's he's proud of me, man. And I, I took a different route, man. And, and you know, a lot of things that, a lot of decisions I make, I hear him in the back of my mind, like, uh, uh-uh, don't do it that way, do it a different way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just guide me. Uh, number four, my grandfather, uh, great grandfather Donald Kelly, who died, you know, three months before my dad. I know, I know he's watching, man. I know he's proud. Uh, and number five, man, it's my baby girl, Peyton, my daughter. Uh, you know, she moved up there quickly. You know, everything that I do is for her. Um, she's the love of my life. I, I can imagine, you know, thinking about life before her, it's hard to think about because, you know, she's given me the purpose that I've needed. And, you know, she, she's really, you know, she's laying on me right now looking at me talk about her. But, yeah, it's... It, crazy man yeah, this is, she, she's definitely you know uh, pinpointing my life that you know one of the greatest things that ever happened to me Man, that's amazing, brother, man. Thank you so much once again. Very inspirational, man. To all my listeners, y'all make sure y'all follow AG, man, Struggle Made Me on Instagram. And let them know, man, how much she's inspiring y'all, y'all kids, y'all brothers, sisters, parents, whatever the case may be. This is a real guy, real stand-up guy, man. So, AG, once again, thank you so much for stopping in. Top 5 with Dennis Botang, man. I appreciate you, brother. Much love and loyalty forever, bro. Always. You already know what it is, man. God bless, bro. All right, brother. Peace. Peace.